Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go over to Hebrews chapter 11, if you would. Praise God. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. We'll start here in verse 3. It says, well, in verse 1, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2, For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, verse 3, We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen, uh, which were, which, the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In this third verse here, we understand, uh, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And I just want to talk a little bit tonight about our words for a little bit. Uh, you know, this scripture, obviously, it says the, wor- the worlds were framed by the word of God. Go over to John, the first chapter. And uh, there's two different words here that were involved in it, uh, in the formation of the, of the worlds. And, and John chapter 1 gives us insight into one. In uh, the first chapter, in the first verse, it says, In the beginning was the Word, capital W, Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him, nothing, uh, nothing, that, nothing was made that was made. Getting a little tongue-tied this evening. But we see this obviously talking about Jesus, the Word. He was always in the beginning, has always been there. And what a miracle it is that the word came and became flesh, amen, and dwelt among us. What an awesome thing that is. And so that we know that through Jesus, his, his position uh, that he had with the Father in the very beginning, that through him he was directly involved with the formations of the world. And so everything that was made was made through him and by him. And everything we see was a result of that. But there's more than just that word that was refer- being referred to in Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, we know that Jesus, obviously the word was involved in it, but also a word was also involved in the formation of the, of the world. So we go back to Genesis, the first chapter, scriptures that we know. In Genesis chapter 1, we won't read all of this, but throughout these passages, uh, you have over and over again uh, things that God would declare and, and speak forth, and things would happen as a result. Of course, in the beginning, there wasn't anything uh, there. Of course, the, the world, earth was out without form. It was void. Verse 3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And it goes on to the next verse. And God said, verse 4, and uh, we saw the light that it was good and divided the light from the darkness. He called it, uh, called the light day and the darkness he called night, evening and morning. Verse 4, or verse 6 rather, then God said, let there be the firmament. firmament." Uh, Verse 9, then God said, let the waters um, under the heaven be gathered together into one place. Verse 11, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb uh, that yields seed and the fruit. Uh, goes on and on throughout all of these passages and the Lord or God declared, let there be something. He would say something. And, um, you know, we, we see this as a pattern. Of course, we know the Bible goes on to say that we were created in his image and his likeness. And that's how God operated through his words. He created things. Well, you know, the Lord has just been reminding me of late the, of the importance of the words that I'm speaking and the words that are coming out of my mouth and the things that I say. Because the reality is, if the worlds were formed by God's words and we were made in his image and likeness, then the world that we live in, what we experience is, always, is also shaped by our words as well. And it's such an important thing that, that we 
are aware of this and living aware. These are things I know that we know, but, but how often do, do we live our daily life where we're checking those things and, and checking the gate of our mouth, so to speak, and making sure that, that the right words are coming out? And it's an important thing. Like I said, it's something I know that, that we are aware of, but, but um, it's something that is important that we live in light of this. Uh, go over to Romans chapter 10, Romans the 10th chapter. We'll look at several scriptures tonight. Obviously, we read here that the worlds were formed by his words, the word and the word, and God's word worked together on this. But, you know, every major important decision in our life, our words matter. You know, I think a lot of people think, you know, it's just, uh, there's, there, they, it's just what you believe. What you believe is important, and really what you believe will affect what comes out of your mouth. But you can believe something, but if your mouth isn't involved in the process, nothing happens. In Romans chapter 10, you know, we have the scriptures here, and, and Paul is writing as far as um, how a person is born again. And in verse 8, we know these scriptures, but, but what does it say? The word is near you. Notice, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if someone just believed only and was not willing to do something with their mouth, put action behind it and do something with their mouth, would a person be born again? No, they would not be born again. You can believe because there were people in the, uh, in the days of Jesus that believed who Jesus was. They believed who he was, but for fear of the Jews, they wouldn't speak. They wouldn't confess him as Lord. What well, do you think those people, unless something changed in their current state, did they, did they make heaven? No, the recreation didn't happen on the inside. You can believe something, but unless you speak it forth, then nothing happens. And so even in the most important decision in our life, our words are vital. Our words are of the greatest and of the utmost importance. And really, what I say over you is not nearly as important as what you say over you. And in this area, you know, we can believe God for people to be born again, but they need to make that confession for themselves. Amen. We can believe God and pray for grace and God to move on their behalf, but it's important that each individual confess Jesus as Lord. Amen. Uh, go to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John 1, the scripture we know here as well. Uh, obviously salvation, we know that our words are, are vital. But our words are involved in, in the process all along the way. And it says here in 1 John, the first chapter, verse 1, it says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive, us, or forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All of us have missed it. All of us have missed it. All of us have fallen short. And one of the errors of the, of the modern grace message or the extreme grace message, really, it's an extreme forgiveness message. And, and it's, they, they teach you, you don't need to ask for forgiveness. You don't need to confess your sins. Well, we know Jesus paid the price for them, but it says here we must, that we confess, if you confess. And so that involves the using of our mouth and speaking things out. And so the words that we speak are of the utmost importance in the major areas of life, but the truth is they shape every area of our life. Your world, your life is being formed by the words that you're speaking, the words you've spoken today, the words that you'll speak to, that you've spoken yesterday, they are the result, uh, or what you have today is a result of those words that you've spoken. Uh, an unchecked mouth is a very dangerous thing. In uh, Proverbs chapter six in the second verse, I'll just read it to you. It says, you are snared by the words of your mouth. A snare is a trap. You know, a lot of times we like to blame the enemy for things that happen in our life. And yes, there is an adversary that's, that is arrayed against us. But how many know he's defeated? But many times our words are the very reasons why we fall into various things. Is because we're in, it says here that we're snared by our words, right? 
Proverbs 29 says, uh, do you see a man hasty with his words? Question mark. There is more hope for a fool than for him. Someone who is hasty with their words. You know, we've been trained in life by the, by the natural world and by the, the, uh, 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 the God of this world and really just the sinful flesh nature to, to just say things. And, you know, you ever met somebody who they just like to just say it how it is and they just like to speak their mind? How many know that those, a lot of times those people get themselves into a lot of trouble? <laughs> and it's important that, that we watch ourselves to make sure we don't fall into that. You know, I had a guy, I've told this story before. I had a young uh, uh, a man that I worked with back uh, when I was in college. I worked at um, uh, Service Merchandise. Who remembers Service Merchandise? Oh, yeah, up in Gainesville. And so I worked there and uh, had a, a guy that worked. And actually, I just reconnected with him. Uh, he, he contacted me on Instagram, wanted to follow me. Said, oh, you have an Instagram. So anyway, um, so this man, uh, he was a guy that was always confessing uh, sickness, always confessing, you know, he had a problem. No matter what was going on, this guy always talked about it. And his, in, we have flu season going on right now. People are talking a lot about the flu, you know. And uh, anytime that would go up, he would start immediately talking. Well, it's flu season. I always get the flu. And sure enough, every year he would get the flu. No matter what was going on around, he would always say, I always get this. And, and, you know, he wasn't just trying to get out of work. He would actually catch these things. You know, sometimes people just want to get out of work and call in sick. He would actually get sick. And he would catch this and he would catch that. No matter what was going on, I always get it. And he always did. He believed it. And so he said it. He just said it all the time. Well, this one particular, you know, I've told, like I said, I've told this story before. We had this uh, girl at work, and, and she had gotten uh, ill at work and was, you know, has nauseous and was throwing up and, and not feeling well. And, and, of course, she went home, and he started telling everybody, well, yep, so-and-so's got, they got, they got a bug. And I, I, I always get it. I know, I just know I'll have it myself. I, I, he was all worried. You know, I know I'm going to get this. I'm, I know I always get it. And sure enough, he started getting sick. Started getting nauseous, started having problems keeping food down, had to go home, didn't come in the next day for work. Well, come to find out, she was pregnant. <laughs> and so this man, with, he so believed that he always got sick, he actually caught morning sickness. <laughs> and he was literally sick, but it was his confession. He said, I always get sick. No matter what's going on, I get sick. And it formed his reality. It took something that wasn't even possible for him to catch, and he caught it. And so our words are of, of such vital thing and so important in our life. And, and I just want to encourage you tonight, you know, that, that speaking, that making sure that if, if we speak failure and weakness and lack and sickness, we limit what God's able to do in our life and we open up things that don't belong to us. You know, Jesus on the cross, he said, it is finished. And the work that he did is a complete work. He's not still trying to pay the price for these areas, our victory in life. He's already paid the price. Pastor talking this morning, you know, he was without sin. He became sin for us. He paid the price of sin and everything attached to it. And he did a good job at doing it. He's seated at the right hand of the Father where he makes intercession for us, but he's not there still trying to pay the price for stuff that goes on here. He's already done it. And so if we're not careful, our words can cause us to live far below what Jesus has already paid for. I go to 2 Timothy, the third chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, this, this, these scriptures are, are speaking of the day that we live in and uh, the condition of the world that, that goes on. And, and uh, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, But know this, that in the last times, or last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, blasphemers, 
uh, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This sounds a lot like the, the day we live in, doesn't it? But it goes on to say, having a form of godliness, but denying its power and from such people turn away. Now this, this verse five gives an indication that this isn't just talking about the, the condition of the world. This isn't just talking about the condition of unbelievers because obviously unbelievers will be these things. But you know, unbelievers don't have a form of godliness and deny his power. That's not a description of unbelievers, that they have a form of godliness, but they deny his power. They don't know him. And there is no power available to him if they're not in the family. But it's talking about there are, there are people that have a form of godliness, but deny the power of from such turn away. And I think part of this is, is referring to you know, in our life, like I said, with our words, if our words are not, if we're not careful with our words, we can have a form of godliness and be doing certain things and living uh, uh, and even uh, reading and doing things that we need to do. But if we're not catching our word, we can put the power of God. We can limit what he's able to do in our life. Imagine that having a form of godliness, doing some of the right steps, but missing out on this area and actually denying the power of God from working in our life. I see, I see, sometimes we, we fail to see just how, how much like himself God really made us. And the fact that we are not, uh, obviously we're less than God, but we're on a plane in, in an existence that is so close to his and so like him being made in his image that, that really he's placed so much power and authority and ability in our life that, that if we're, we, we have to be aware of it and live aware of those things. Our words are so, 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 so very important. Uh, in Malachi, we'll give an example. You can go to Malachi, the, uh, the third chapter. We just, uh, Doug just literally took up an offering. Uh, <laughs> Malachi chapter three. Praise God. Malachi, the third chapter. Christian, we have these scriptures here on, on, on giving and tithing and things. And, and uh, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Will a man rob, rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. How many know that these things belong to him? How many know these things belong to him? Yeah, they do. It says, You're cursed with a curse. And we know we've been redeemed from the curse. But uh, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. But it does say, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I'll not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out such great blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And so it says here that if we'll do this, there will be that God will open the windows of heaven for us and pour out such great blessing that there won't be room enough to receive it. That is a perfect example, God's end, of taking care of every single need that we have, right? We do our part, he does our part. Verse 11, I'll rebu rebuke the devourer for your sake so that you, he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord. And so these are wonderful promises that we have from the Lord. And, and we know that we can trust him when we do this, that God opens the windows of heaven. He pours out a blessing upon our life. Amen. And this was the covenant that God had made with the children of Israel. But he goes on to say, he says, verse 13, for your words 
uh, have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have, we, how, what have we spoken against you? He said, it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinances and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? See, God had made a promise to them and even doing their part, bringing the tithes into the storehouse, if their words were not right, it actually with, withhold what God wanted to do in their life. And so it's an example, you know, uh, in our life that, that in this area, uh, our words, like I keep saying it, our words matter. Our words matter. Your words matter. Are your words lining up with your actions? Are your words lining up with what you believe? Are, are you what you're saying on a daily basis lying, lining up with what you're, you're believing God to do in your life and what God's word has said? I'll go over to James, the first chapter, James chapter 1. Now, these verses here, you know, are, are uh, he's just gotten through talking about being doers of the word in James, the first chapter. He said, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. And uh, in verse 26, he said, if, any, if anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but, uh, and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. The Amplified says, futile and barren. The message says, is hot air. His religion is hot air. And so, you know, we can take, uh, like I said, we, even the things that we believe that if our mouth isn't lining up with it, we can actually render those things worthless, futile, and barren and turn them into hot air. Taming our tongue and making sure that it lines up with what the word says is, is really a sign of maturity in our life. And it's, it, 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 not only does it lead us to maturity, but it's a sign of maturity as well. He goes on in, in James. James is such an awesome book. If you've not read it recently, you should do it. It's really good. Uh, but in James chapter 3, he's talking about the untamable tongue. Obviously, this was something that, uh, that the church needed to hear and things that needed to be uh, brought to light. How many know that there's still things that we need to hear today? You can't just afford to anything that pops in your head and let it come out of your mouth. He says here in verse three, or chapter, chapter three, verse one, but brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that you shall receive a stricter judgment for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect or mature man, able also to bridle his whole body. Notice what your words are tied to bridling your whole body. What does a bridle do? It brings something under subjection. I believe that if we'll, if we'll spend time making sure that our words are correct, everything else will fall into place. But trying to bridle our bodies and bridle our lives without first bridling our words really is putting the horse before the cart, so to speak. So bridling our mouth, taking, taking active, taking every word captive. We know we're taught to take every thought captive. How about taking every word captive? And he says that, uh, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect or mature man, able also to bridle his whole body. Verse 3, indeed, we put bits in a horse's mouth uh, that they may obey us, and, they t and, they t and, we, and we turn their whole body. Verse 4, look at the ships also, look at the, also at the ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, for, uh, great a, forest a little fire kindles. But it says here that, that he was causing an analogy between a bit and then a rudder on a ship. 
And uh, he says, like I said in verse, verse 2, that, that if you're able to, to uh, control your tongue, if you don't stumble in word, that you'll be able to bridle your whole body. And he compares that to a, a bit in a horse's mouth and a rudder on a ship. Like I said, our mouth is really determining the direction that we go. It's determining the direction that our lives take. And so uh, uh, our words, like I said, keep saying our words are matter. Uh, they matter a great deal. In Proverbs chapter 10, of course, we, we obviously know there's a negative side of this, but you know there's a positive side of this as well. In Proverbs, the 10th chapter, it says, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Then it goes on to talk about the other side of it, and we won't even look at that but, because we're not in that boat, but the well of the righteous, or the, the, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. You know, we're supposed to draw these wells up and draw upon these wells in our life. So what are you doing with your mouth? What are you saying? Proverbs, the 12th chapter, uh, uh, you can look at it, Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 6, it says, The words of the wicked are... are uh, uh, or lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. So even here that, you know, that, that the enemy can lay ahead things for us and people can plan against us, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. I mean, there, there's a scripture that contains that, covers that. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Right? Q and I, this Friday, we quoted that scripture. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We are in a sketchy area of Jacksonville. No weapon of, uh, formed against us shall prosper, right? And so, you know, uh, the words of our mouth, they'll protect us. In the 12th, uh, there in the 12th chapter, going over to the 12th or the uh, 14th verse, it says, a man will be satisfied with, the good, uh, with good by the fruit of his mouth and the recompense of a man's hand will be rendered to him. Notice, a man will be satisfied with, the, with good by the fruit of his mouth. In the 18th verse, it says, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. You know, your words can promote health. You know, I make the confession every year when flu season comes around, I never get the flu. I don't get the flu, and the truth is I can't remember the last time I got the flu. And I don't get the flu, and you should say I don't get the flu. You know, it's important that we cover ourselves. There is so much of the stuff that goes on that we fall into saying things without even realizing what we're doing. You don't get the flu. No, I, I'm healthy. I'm strong, right? I'm healthy in these areas. Go to the 15th, 15th chapter. In Proverbs chapter 15, in the 23rd verse, it says, A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Our words matter, amen? In the 16th chapter, Proverbs chapter 16, in the 24th verse, it says, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Our words matter, amen? Go over to the 18th chapter. 18th chapter. Verse 20, it says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Verse 21, death 
and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of, his tongue, of, of their tongue. You know, like I said, we've been made and created in God's image, and we've been uh, uh, formed to be just like him, and our words matter. Death and life, you know, our, what we say over our families carries weight. What we say over, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've heard people say things about their kids. Listen, say good things about your children. Even the time face when it doesn't look like there's anything good going on, your words matter. You're declaring either life or you're declaring death. In your finances, your words matter. If you speak, we never come up, we all, we're always running short. If you say easy come, easy go, meaning that nothing ever stays in your life, you're speaking death in your financial situation. And a lot of times, you know, they're, they're just little sayings that people have that we catch ourselves saying, we hear people saying, and if we're not careful, we'll say these things. But, you know, our words carry more weight than what even God says about us. It's the truth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The Message Bible that says, words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit, you choose. They're either, they're either poison or fruit, you choose. And so, you know, our, like I said, our words matter. And speaking life, declaring life of our situations. You know, I just feel like there's, I know, like I said, something that the Lord's been talking to me about, just making sure that, uh, uh, that I'm being careful to speak God's words over my life in every single area. God's worth, uh, words over every part of my life. And so uh, I just believe that there is something we need to pay attention to and be mindful of what we're saying. In Mark chapter 11, you can go to the, Mark, the 11th chapter, Mark 11. Scriptures that we know very, very well. In the 22nd verse, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Verse 23, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. Verse 24, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. But in this 23rd verse here, we have the word say is mentioned so many times. It says, whatever you say, whoever, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, notice it's whoever. This is open to anybody. Whoever says to this mountain, it could be any obstacle in your life, anything that doesn't line up with what, with what God has promised us. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. He'll have whatever. It mentions the believing part one time, but the saying part is mentioned three times. And so like I said, you can, it's important what you believe. It's important what, what you believe in a situation. Of course, we know that the entrance of his word brings light. We know that having revelation of what God promised is important. But, but what you do with it in the primary area is in what we say. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed. If you, if you think to the mountain, is, is anything going to happen? It says, if you say to the mountain, you know, it's possible to be believing and, you know, disciplining our mind, taking every thought captive is a very important part of it, but we still need to be speaking God's words over our life. 
Thinking good thoughts is important, but speaking these things also. It says, whoever says to the mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, but does not doubt in his heart, but believes. Those things that he says will be done. He'll have whatever he says. Good or bad, whatever comes out of your mouth will determine, short of the grace of God or the negative things, what we have in life. I mean, there's a lot of negative things we've, we've said that by the grace of God, we don't reap those things. Aren't you glad for the grace of God, right? But whatever we have that's a blessing, what we say will determine those things. Brother Hagin said this, he said, if you're not satisfied with what you have in life, then change what you're saying. You've created what you have in your life with your own words. If you're not satisfied with what you have in life, change what you're saying. Change what you're saying if you're not satisfied. It's a basic action of faith. It's a basic action of faith. In Mark chapter 5, you know, we have the, the woman with the issue of blood, and I've been reading, reading in these passages a lot personally, and, and there's so much good things in here. And, and in Matthew chapter 5, we have the story here of Jairus and uh, getting uh, Jesus, uh, Jairus coming along, and, and his daughter was sick, close to death, and, and Jairus came and got Jesus and was having him follow him to, to his house to pray for his daughter. And in the midst of that, verse 20, 24, uh, so he went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman, verse 25, had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had and was no better, yet rather grew worse, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I may only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. The original Greek of that doesn't say that she just said it once, but she kept saying she kept saying, if I may just touch his clothes, if I can only touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself what, that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, you can see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? He looked around and saw her who had done the thing. The woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. He said, your faith has made you well. But her faith, part of her action was pressing through the crowd, but it was also speaking. She kept saying to herself. She kept declaring what she was believing for. And so to try to, to remove these two from one another is not possible. It's not possible. What you're believing for, what you want God to do in your life is directly tied to what you're speaking out of your mouth. Amen? We need to make sure that we're speaking life over our situations, speaking life over our situations. In Ephesians chapter 4, the 29th verse, in Ephesians 4, 29, Of course, this, this heading in this section, small section of passages here is called Do Not Grieve the Spirit. He's talking about, you know, putting away lying to verse 25, verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. These are, how many know these are good things? Now, verse 27, nor give place to the devil. And how many know that he is a defeated foe? He's a defeated foe in our life. And his ability to do things is, 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 uh, um, he's a bully. He's going to try to force his way in, but, but we're here to make sure that he doesn't just wreak havoc in our lives, right? 
And it says here in verse 26, we're not to give place to the devil. Verse 28, let him not, let him st- stole steal no longer, but rather uh, labor working with his hands what is good. They may have something to give to him who is in need. Verse 29, let no word, no, let no corrupt word proceed out of, out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. It goes on to say, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. But let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. You know, like I said earlier, the most important words that, that, are, that are spoken. Now, we know in our own life, in our church life like this, you know, that our words affect one another. You know, and our, our testimony, the things we're talking about have a direct reflect, reflect on what other people are, uh, uh, their walk with God. And, and, you know, if you ever walked up into a conversation that's not going the right direction, you can just sense something's not right here. And if you stay a part of that, it'll want to get on you. But, you know, so we need to make sure we watch our words with, 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 with one another. But, you know, the most, most important person that hears your words is yourself. The most important person that's hearing your words on a daily basis is yourself. And it's something that we all do, we all, and it's a part of meditation is muttering and speaking to ourselves, talking to ourselves. It's something that everybody does. But letting no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth is a part of making sure that every word lines up with God's word. What you hear is more important, what comes out of your mouth is more important than what I say to you. Right? Making sure that we watch the words that come out of our own mouth, they're so very, 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 very important. Remember to speak life-giving words, words of our families, our relationships, our bodies, our finances, our, our church, all these different areas. Be quick to, to make sure that we are keeping a, a track on those things and making sure that they line up with God's word. Amen? It says in, um, uh, well, I thought of this example this afternoon, you know, when, when Pastor and I uh, went to Africa in 2007. You know, we were there, it was the end of the dry season and it hadn't rained since uh, March or April while we were there. Of course, we were there, you know, end of October and uh, going into November. And after the meetings, wherever we went over to Victoria Falls and we were eating outside and one day it began to sprinkle very lightly. Began to rain, you know, just a little bit. Everything was brown and dead, not a sign of green anywhere, you know. Uh, some of the trees had a little bit of green, but, but uh, most of the ground was, was brown, it was dead. And it was funny, you know, this last time there, the field where we were in was all dirt, wasn't a, even a, a blade of grass anywhere. And the guys told me, as soon as it rains, this field will be green with grass, as much grass as you, it'll be covered in grass within just a few days of the rain starting. And so while we were there, you know, we got to see that kind of firsthand that it started to rain. It just rained just a minute and people walked outside. We wondered what was going on. People were, we were at the restaurant. People walked out, standing outside. We're like, what's happening? Everybody walked out and just had their eyes, you know, looking up and their hands looking up. Just a few drops of rain fell. They're so excited to see rain. And you think, well, but then it didn't rain very long. It just rained just a brief time and then didn't rain again. We didn't see any more the rest of the time we were there. But it was the strangest thing. You know, just that little bit of rain for a few minutes, we noticed the next day, started to notice things are already starting to green up. It washed the dirt off. It washed things off of plants that had greenery underneath it. But then things already started to, to you could tell life was already starting to come about. It's already starting to spring up out of the earth. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, where it comes to our words that, that if we'll be careful and take, take the time to, to get on this quick or, or get on this now and to make adjustments in areas where maybe our, our, our language hasn't been what it should be, life will begin to sprout quickly in those areas of our life. 
the promises of God, the blessings of God will begin to rise up very quickly in our life because God watches over his word to perform it. He's looking to do what he said, but we have to make sure, like I said, that our words are lining up and giving him access and proclaiming the right things. If we'll begin to water these areas of our life and letting, uh, 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 allowing those things to begin to, to come out that should be coming out, I tell you, the life will begin to swell up in areas of our life where we've not seen things. You know, God's been really good to me. He's been very faithful to me. He's been faithful to my family. God's been faithful over the years to this church. But, you know, there's more that he wants to do. There's more areas that he wants to bring to life. There's areas that, that he is more interested in bringing to life than what even we're interested in bringing to life. And, you know, like I said, sometimes, you know, we fall into the habit of letting negative things come out. But sometimes it's just a lack of, of anything coming out. You know, we can get good at making sure that negative words are coming out, but, but not being diligent in making sure that life-giving words are coming out, right? When Jesus prayed or, or went to Lazarus' tomb, nothing had happened until he said, Lazarus, come forth. He had to declare something and call something into existence, command that something be done. He didn't say, woe is me, and I can't believe this is terrible, this, that this has happened. He didn't say any of those things. See, he was careful not to say something negative, but at the same point, he was deliberate to say something that was life-giving. And so, you know, like I said, our words are, are, are of such importance in our life. Be careful to make sure that we're not letting the wrong thing come out, but at the same time, we're being diligent and purposeful in declaring the right things. What is it that you want to see? What is it that you want to see happen? What is it that you are, that the Lord has, is, has been talking to you about or things that you're seeing in the word? You know, as we spend time in the word, God, the Holy Spirit will reveal areas where more life and more growth can happen. He's looking to do that. And if you, if you approach the word, uh, uh, expecting the Holy Spirit to show these things, he will bring this to light and show you possibilities of a partnership in this area with him. Well, then you have to do something with it and make sure you're declaring and speaking these things out, calling them into existence. God framed the world, you're framing your world. God framed the worlds with his words. The word was, was a vital part of it. Your words are a vital part of it. Amen? You know, that's what I had on my heart tonight. I'm, I, I feel like I'm done, but, but I just want to encourage you to be careful with what you say. Be, be purposeful in what you say. Take every word captive, every thought captive and every word captive to make sure that it lines up with his word. Amen? Praise God. You know, really, these things that we, that we believe, the things that have been promised us, they're actually very simple. They're simple truths, but these simple truths will produce major results in our life. They'll produce supernatural results in our life. See, this isn't difficult. It's not that we have to do all of these, like I said, these these. these uh, uh, extravagant things, but what w the, the tools we have to work with are all that's necessary to fulfill our part of the bar of our of the equation. We're not needing anything else. We're just, we're not need we're not short in anything any area. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We just have to use them, and our words are of the of of the utmost importance. Amen. Well, let's all stand, Father. We thank you, Hallelujah, Father. We honor you. We bless you. Father, we're grateful, Father, for, for your word tonight. Father, we're thankful for, for helping these areas. I don't know this is simple tonight, but, but Father, it is of the utmost importance that we're watching over these things. And Father, thank you for, for bringing these things to our attention and bringing these things to light. Father, 
I ask for myself personally, Lord, and, and I know many of us can agree with this, areas where we've missed it, where our words, where we've not been careful in what we've said, where we've not been uh, diligent to watch over these things. Father, forgive us for that. Father, forgive us for being lazy with these things or even uh, 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 uninvolved with our words. We know that you are looking over your word. You're, you're looking to perform it, but it's the words spoken through the mouths and out of the mouths of your sons and daughters. Father, we thank you for this great uh, a partnership ability that we have with you to declare your word and to see you work. And so, Father, tonight we declare life and blessing over our lives. We declare life and blessing over our families. Life and blessing over our children. Life and blessing over our relationships. Life and blessing over our nation. Father, we come against the, the, the tide of this world and the tendency that would be there to say negative things. Are there negative things happening? Yes, there are negative things that are happening. But Father, we, we, we determine to not magnify and to glorify those things. Yes, to identify what they are and bring them to you in prayer, but then to speak life over those situations to speak truth over those situations, to not just declare what it is or just to, 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 to declare as such as it, in a way that it'll always be, but to declare the direction that it needs to go. Father, revival and a move of God will come to our nation. Lives will be changed. Father, we declare life and blessing over our bodies. Father, we declare health belongs to us. Surely Jesus has carried our sicknesses, carried our infirmities, Father. He's borne these things upon himself, carried them for us. We declare life over these things. We declare life over our minds, Father. Father, we declare life over our finances. We are blessed because what Jesus has done for us. Father, thank you for this opportunity, Lord, and the privilege and the right, but also the responsibility to be caretakers over the things that we say. Father, we thank you for that tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel like just for a minute, Travis, you can play a little louder. If there's something in your life that, that, that the Holy Spirit's stirring you in, that you realize that your words maybe have not, could be that they've not been good or maybe they've just not been existent as far as speaking truth in an area, just begin to speak God's word. Begin to speak blessing over that area of that life. Declare over those situations. It could be family situations. It could be something else. But take an opportunity to do that right now. Put in action what we've heard tonight to declare things in your life that, that you need to speak and declare life over. Begin to talk those things and speak those things over those. Father, I thank you. 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 Hallelujah, Father. I thank you for it. Life, imparted life, Father. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessing, abundance, provision, health, soundness of mind, joy, hallelujah. Answers to questions. Hallelujah, Father. A keenness to your voice, an awareness of your voice, an awareness of your presence. We have that. Father, we have a greater love and a greater desire and a greater hunger for you. We can declare that. We have, we have a desire to know you more. 
We have a desire to see you move in our lives and move through us, Father. We have a desire to be used by you. Use us. We're available. Use us, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you. 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 We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Father. We honor you. We bless you. We glorify you, Jesus. Thank you. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Father, we honor you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews says to hold fast the confession of our faith, the profession of our faith. Hold fast to that. Hold fast to that. You know, when you get in a situation where you don't know what to do, you know, you can, you can go to the Father and ask for, for direction on what to do. He'll give you direction what to do. But direction you don't need is what to say. As far as you don't need him to tell you, speak, speak positive over that. Speak what I've said about that situation. You don't need to get special direction to do that. You can just do it. Hold fast the confession of your faith. Hold fast to those things that God's placed upon your heart. Hold fast to those things that he's talked to you about. Don't let loose, loose of those things. No matter, even in a moment where you don't know what to do, maybe you don't know what step to take, take the step of covering it with your words. Repeating what he said about that situation, letting his words be your words about the situation. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.